JB and Jules for breakfast, only on Triple M. Hit subscribe now. Cast your mind back to Friday last week, Jules. Oh, it's a long time ago. Yeah, you've probably forgotten. <laughs> but um, I seen something on my way to football training and... <gasps> It was, yes. It was a rocket thing. The rocket thing. It, it was about a metre high, just like under a metre wide and a couple of metres long. I have seen this before and was, I've been confused, alarmed, amazed. What is this thing floating about? It was on the road and it was driving around. I couldn't really see in it. I didn't know what the go was. And so we asked you, the public, we had some people call up and say, it was the government spying on us. It was an astronaut reliving his glory days on the road. Uh, others suggested that it was something to do with uh, the church group, that it was solar powered. Um, mm. And others said that it was a bicycle Lots thing. Lots of it's, theories thrown around. So something I was pretty confident was, is that it said Royal Flying Doctor Service on the site. I was so confident. RFDS. I was pretty confident of that. And mm-hmm. so I've reached out to the RFDS. Guess what, Jules? What? I've heard back. No. And I have. The astronaut man himself, the rocket man himself, Michael Urquhart from the Royal Flying Doctor Service. Ah! He's here. Hello, rocket man. How are you? Uh, morning, both. Going really well. Thank that, you. That's the way. Now, can you confirm that you are not a former astronaut reliving your glory days? Yes, yes. Can confirm that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you know how many people have been trying to hunt you down? Well... No, but uh, it, it's certainly something that gets attention everywhere it goes. Now, can you explain to us how this came about? What exactly is this vehicle and why is it out on the streets of Bundy? So it's uh, it's a Milan SL Velomobile. So it's basically uh, a tricycle, uh, a human-powered tricycle. What? So you yep. are literally pedalling this thing about on the streets of Bundy? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's um, it's powered by cake and cookies and stuff. <laughs> Energy. So, do you have a little steering wheel, or is it like panels, or how do you? What are you doing? Uh, steering wheel up through the uh, the centre of the bike, um, but it's basically like the um, the recumbent bikes you'd find in the gym. So, it has a seat, um, pedals are out in front, and it drives the back wheel. So, this isn't exactly a um, a run of the mill car. Why, in particular, are you riding this in Bundy? Well, they, they were something I got into when I was at school. Um, some of the schools in Bundaberg still compete in, in something called the Australian Human Powered Vehicle Championships. Um, and we used to have to build the vehicles to race in a, a round country series. And they were just fantastic. They're, um, they're heaps of fun to ride. They're super efficient um, and, you know, incredibly fast things to ride. But for all intents and purposes, they remain a bicycle. But but it's got a like a plane slash rocket like shell on the outside. When did is this a new thing? No, no. The um, the designs have been around for probably eighty or ninety years. They're almost as old as the bicycle itself. Um, this particular one was designed probably about twenty years ago for the twenty uh, four hour world record attempt. Wow, this is outstanding. I love it. So, <laughs> is there any way like because it's obviously drawn a bit of attention. Um, is there any way we can get a message out to the general publics uh, to help the Royal Flying Doctor Service? Is there anything like that we can do for you guys? Oh, look, absolutely. You know, the the Royal Flying Doctors, we, we celebrated our 94th year in service this year, um, helping the, the Australian community. Um, you know, the Bundaberg base itself has been operating in the local area for the last sort of 20 years. And um, all of that is, uh, you know, we rely on funding provided from, you know, the government um our corporate partners and and the public themselves. So, um, and that was the reason we got the bike painted. Um, you know, everywhere the bike goes, it, it attracts attention. It's, <laughs> um, 
people drive past and take photos. People have, have stopped and waved and, you know, and actually pulled me over for a chat on the side of the road. And, and I think it's fantastic. So as an opportunity to... Um, you know, uh, raise a bit more awareness for the service. It's, it's great. Yeah, it is fantastic. Good on you, Michael. And one final question. This might be too much. A bit nervous to ask. Um, is there a chance we <laughs> oh, can no. organise a time where Jules and myself ride in the rocket? Well, it's uh, it's an interesting thing to ride. It's, can we um, sit in it? Can we just can we can we pretend? Can we get in? <laughs> We've <it>? pedalled. <laughs> Well, I'm sure a, a seat could be arranged, but I think uh, I think taking it out, it's, it's a little bit like uh, like flying a small aeroplane. So, oh. have either of you got a pilot's license? No, uh, but I went to the Hinkler Hall of Aviation and I did the and I did the pretty, lie down thing. Yeah, I did pretty good on yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we'd have to uh, let someone from our flight standards team assess you first before we could. Uh, okay, let you lose willing to do like that. that. Is that a kind of yes? <laughs> it's a maybe. It's a maybe yes. No, it's, it's a maybe. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll run with it. <laughs> Michael, you're an absolute delight. Uh, so excited that we were able to meet you and good stuff raising your awareness for the RFDS. Yeah, no worries at all. Thanks very much. I love your work, Michael. If you see the Rocket Man out and about, give him a wave. What else has been happening this week with JB and Jules on Bundy's Triple M? Something pretty serious um, happened over in the States and we're talking about the news about another horrific shooting. I know, the the third deadliest they've had in America. It's unbelievable that you hear of these stories again. Yeah, it's, well, see, that's the one thing I noticed when I travelled America is there's even more stories than to what we hear in Australia. Really? And and it's just awful. But uh, a teacher and 18 students were killed in a Texas primary school shooting on Wednesday, Salvador Ramos, 18, was identified as a shooter and police confirmed that the suspect is dead. Now, um, I watched a video. I'm riding to my American basketball, the NBA, and um, the in the conference finals. So there's only four teams remaining. It's mm-hmm. really critical time of the year. Finals all happening. Really and exciting. One of the coaches, uh, Steve Kerr, he coaches the uh, the Golden State Warriors. He did a pregame press conference. Okay. I think he summarized how people feel about this sort of stuff really, really well. So he didn't even want to talk about the basketball at that stage. No. Have a listen wow. to this press conference. Now, Steve Kerr, his dad was actually killed by two gunmen when he was just 18. So obviously oh, this is something pretty close to home. home yeah. But this is Steve Kerr addressing the media before, uh, before a huge game, but really stepping away from basketball. I'm not going to talk about basketball. Nothing's uh, happened with our team in the last six hours. We're going to start the same way tonight. Um, any basketball questions uh, don't matter. Um, since we left shoot-around, 14 children were killed 400 miles from here. And a, and a teacher. And in the last 10 days, we've had elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo, we've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California, and now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the... Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm tired of the... Moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. Do you realize that 90 percent of Americans 
regardless of political party, want background check, universal background check. Ninety percent of us, we are being held hostage by 50 senators in Washington who refuse to even put it to a vote, despite what we, the American people, want. They won't vote on it because they want to hold on to their own power. It's pathetic. I've had enough. Mm, some raw passion there, wasn't it, from Steve? I Kerr. think that passion is very much so echoed throughout the world, yeah. and I just do not understand why they still have. I get that it's their right, but I don't. It doesn't make sense when well, innocent people thing. are killed going to school. The American people, I think that that's the general consensus. So yeah. it makes you really thankful for the rules we have in Absolutely. Australia, and um, hopefully we see changes uh, over there. Subscribe now and stay up to date. JB and Jules on Triple M Bundy. If you are loving it, then you might want to be working at Macca's. They uh, are doing a hiring blitz tomorrow. That's a cool thing. So for those that go, ha Macca's, it's actually known for a place that has some of the best training for young people in the world. And a lot of big companies actually mm. look, and if they see Macca's, they go, well, that we know they've been trained by a high-end training regime. are so, impressed. Yeah, so it's actually a good thing to have on your resume, funnily enough. It's really cool. They want to fill a few vacancies, and they want to hope to get 2,000 employees in just five-minute interviews tomorrow. Right. So it's speed dating, but <laughs> yes. in an attempt to get... Oh, I'm worried about some of the people, though. Because what do you learn about someone in five minutes? You don't have enough time. Well, you don't have a lot of time to think. They want fast-paced, high-energy employees. And essentially, I thought... Why not recreate the experience? Because I think I could absolutely nail the question. So, JB, let's imagine I'm the hiring employer and you're coming in for a job. Right. So you've got the questions that they are going to be asking the the potential employees. That's right. Okay, no worries. Come on through, Justin. Hello. Hello. You're here for a job? Yes, yes, Miss McDonald. I'm very excited to work here. Oh, well, I hope uh, that you are the right fit for the job here. I've got a couple of questions for you, Uh, just some scenarios with customers coming through. Mm -hmm. So... If a customer comes through and asks for a burger, but they haven't said in a meal, what would you say to them? Would you like fries and a drink with that? Absolutely correct. Well done. Would you like fries with that? What do you say if someone orders a McFlurry? Yeah, I would say what flavour McFlurry? No, incorrect. The ice cream machine is broken. (laughs) That's the correct answer. (laughs) Uh, Okay. You're going okay so far. If they ask when shaker fries are coming back, what do you tell the customer? They were a limited time only and they could return in the year 2024, depending on COVID. That sounds brilliant. I was actually going to accept stop asking, but that's an even better answer. Well done. Thank you. You're on a flyer. Uh, Justin, if they ask if they can go up the slide, what do you say? No, that is an exit only. Correct. And Jeffrey, you are 48 years old. You should know better. (laughs) Final question for you, Justin. If they ask where Liam, JB's original coffee man on Targo Street, Macca's Bundy is, what do you say? He's moved on to a job in recruitment due to his exceptional, exceptional history of working at McDonald's. Absolutely. You are fully prepared. Congratulations. You are was less than five minutes. There you go. Well, if you want a job at Macca's, take, take my advice. I'm giving it out free right here on Triple M. That was wild. Let's find out what else JB and Jules have been up to. Jules, how's your lawn looking? Yeah, not great. Should get long? I feel like I mow it every second day these days. The There's water. a lot of rain. There's been a lot of rain. It's causing some puddles in the backyard, but Jules, it, it is entering the winter months, and that's mm-hmm. when the rain starts subsiding. So, big thing. 
How do you take care of your lawn? How do you make sure? How you, does it not go brown? Don't let it turn to dust over mm. the winter months. And that's why I brought in the specialists. Oh, good. Brought in the big guns. We welcome Travis from the Lawn Lab right here in Bundy. Good morning, mate. How are you doing? Uh, absolutely awesome, guys. How about yourself? Travis, you'd, you'd, you are our saviour. You'd be a busy man at the moment, oh, I take yeah. it. Yeah, very busy. Yes. Yeah. Very busy. It, so, so would you normally be, you wouldn't be dealing with this much wet weather at the moment. It'd be starting to quieten up, wouldn't it? Normally, yeah. Normally before winter, like once we get to sort of show holiday, things are really starting to slow down. And a lot of our lawns are dropping back to fortnightly mowing on and stuff like that. Um, but this year, just it has not stopped. Like our weekly mowing, we're still getting catches upon catches off the lawn. So wow. they're going I, crazy. I tell you what, every weekend I could not be sitting there without hearing a mower go off in Ten minute interval, so I'd certainly there's going to be more people out and about. Have you got any tips for people to keep on top of their yard at this particular time of year? So, with obviously all the rain we've had lately, hopefully that slows down soon. But if it is going to continue to rain, when you can get a mow on the lawn, do it. Um, you don't want to leave it for too long because it's just going to be a nightmare to mow it. Um, and I guess leading into winter, if you can raise your height of cut of your lawn a little bit, that'll actually allow more sunlight to hit the leaf blade. Um, which is going to create photosynthesis, which is going to help your lawn through the cooler months. Um, Another good tip would be to also, in the next probably two to three weeks, is put down a granular slow-release fertiliser, which is going to feed your lawn right through those cooler months and set you up for spring. So right now is the time to act, you say. So right now what we want to do is be getting the mower over it by keeping it that little bit higher. Correct, mate. Spot on. If you can get that height of cut up it, um, it'll allow the sunlight to hit the blades. Also, keep in mind, you don't want to put your mower away for winter mm. because you're going to get a lot of leaves and debris on your lawn. So if you can keep mowing it and keep it nice and clean, it's going to allow that sunlight to get to the lawn. Travis, you say you shouldn't leave it too long. What sort of periods are we talking that would say like, okay, maybe it's actually going to create more of a problem if I don't go out now when there's a break in the rain? Yeah, so if you're... I wouldn't, like, through winter, I'd want to be mowing every seven to ten days. Right. Okay. Right. So while it's still a lot, the thing with any lawn care, the more you can mow your lawn without going over the top, uh, the better lawn you're going to have. It likes getting cut regularly. Right. So um, leaving your lawn for long periods without mowing is not ideal. Mm. Well, my lawnmower broke, so I've just been <laughs> whippersnipping. Travis, what are you doing on the weekends? <laughs> I've been cracking the whippersnipper. <laughs> what do you got, Vox? <laughs> Well, I've got I've got two and a half thousand square meters of my own lawn to mow, so I'm oh, pretty geez. busy on the weekend. <laughs> right, right. All right, might have so, to book you during the week, Travis. So, mate, yeah, actually, that, that's the best bet. <laughs> okay, there's actually a fair bit of science to it. So yeah, I, there I do, is. I do like it. He's and, a, he's a photo. He's not just a mower man. And we've got the best lawn in all of Australia right here in Bagara too. That was awarded not long yep. that long ago. So really? Travis, he knows all about it. <laughs> Is yep. it your place? <laughs> Is it your place? No, it's not, but <laughs> another local guy in town does an awesome job with his lawn. So. Yeah, it must be my neighbour because they're always going. Then I always feel bad because mine's <laughs> not good enough. Travis, I need to book you in. If you want to check him out, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, just hit up the Lawn Lab on Facebook. Good on you, mate. Appreciate all the intel, and we look forward to keeping our grass green this winter. Cheers, guys. Thanks, much. They're different, but they're ours. <laughs> JB and Jules on Triple M Bundy. JB, welcome to the future. We just heard about the Rocket Man, but now there's self-driving cars in Bundy. 
Okay. Woo! Look out, the locals. Turns out there is going to be $3.4 million spent in a pilot run by Transporter Main Roads and Queensland University of Technology to bring self-driving cars here in Bundaberg. Tell us about the program, Jules. So essentially what they want to do is find potential impacts of introducing these automated vehicles around more Queensland roads mm-hmm. and use sensors, cameras, high technology to ensure that this self-driving car can actually be the future and bring more of these onto um, onto our roads in, in general. So they're doing a test. How many self-driving cars are going to be here in Bundy? Is it just the one? It's just going to be one called oh. the very fancy Zoe 2. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> essentially it's part. It's short for zero emission Zoe 2. Cute little name. Okay. And it looks like a normal car, a white little uh, car hatchback, but it's got sensors, it's got cameras, and it's going to be able to navigate things like slowing down speeds in school zones, manoeuvring through intersections, and being able to communicate with other technology in traffic. Well, uh, Jules, I, um, I'm i aware of Zoe too. Oh, you've heard of her, have yeah, you? How cool would it be to be able to ride around in this? I know, go through test. all the roundabouts in yep. Bundaberg, see how she goes. Well, if you look at the Bundy Now story, there's actually a link there, and you can actually book in, of which I've taken the liberty to do. You for have not. both of us, so Jules... <gasps> The 6th of June at 9am. Are you busy? Doesn't matter. Cancel everything <laughs> because I booked us in. We're going Yay! for a ride around in Zoe 2. Oh, my Enjoy. goodness. It's going to be a fun day. So we'll do our video and let us Find know. out if she indicates off roundabouts. I'm going to be freaking out in that. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, it's going to make no sense. They're different, but they're ours. JB and Jules on Triple M Bundy. Well, JB, the Bundaberg show has well and truly kicked off. We are in the third day of the celebrations, but I guess I've been talking to people about rumours about the show, show secrets, and I wanted to get to the bottom of it. Well, this is something, like it's the Carney Code. You've heard of the Carney Code. Yes, I have. You work in the show. You can't you can't reveal the secrets of the games and the... Well, it's funny you say that, though. There's some stuff. There's no way in hell you can get that info unless you're on the inside. That's right. It's a very dark underworld. We have managed to get a hold of someone who calls himself Carney Charlie. We're unsure if that's his real name. Okay. All right. Well, uh, he has agreed to actually chat to us. Well, well, goodness. Oh, goodness. Carney Charlie, good morning. Thank you for your time this morning. No, that's my pleasure, guys. But just to remind you, I am at extremely high risk, so... This is really putting my head on the chopping block for you guys. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Jules, I am willing to help. Now, Carney, Charlie, thank you so much for your time. You've agreed to share some secrets with us. What is the first show secret? Yeah, sure, Jules. So, secret number one is we actually use excessive amounts of lubricant on the buckets when you throw the balls. Oh, my God, Jules, that is... What? I can't do it. That is incredible. Disgusting. It, it also explains a, a, a fair bit. Exactly right. So if you find lube laying everywhere around the show, generally it is just for the buckets. I can't say always, but generally. We need more than that. So so the lube on the games, we know they're a bit dodgy. I, I assume there's some more secrets around Sideshow Alley. Okay, JB. So show secret number two is on the back of the big hammer you know guys you know the how you hit the hammer and, and the light goes to the top there is actually a switch on the back that will make it either go go higher or go lower 
Well, Connie Charlie, to be frank, I'm disgusted. No way. Uh, switch on the back of the theater. See, I've it's the, all a lie. I've whacked the heck out of that, and then little girl comes up next, and She's she stronger. wins. I've been thinking about that for the last six years, and now now this is what's explained to me. My mind has been blown. Okay, Carly Charlie, you said there was one final secret you'd reveal. Last but not least, and this may shock everyone, but uh, sometimes when the Dagwood dogs get old and musty and maybe a little bit dirty, we're able to just hose them off before going ahead and cooking them for the next guest. <coughs> I am never going to a show again, Dagwood, ever. Dagwood dogs are my favourite thing in the world. Ruined. Charlie, I'm so disgusted. You know what? I'm disgusted in you, so let's reveal. His name's Dan, everyone. He works at the Ferris wheel. <laughs> Carnies, have at him. What have you done? Subscribe now and stay up to date. JB and Jules on Triple M Bundy. JB, very special round this weekend in the NRL, the 2022 Indigenous Round. Yeah, this has been something that is coming leaps and bounds over the years, and it's growing and growing. Not only do we see the pregame uh, amazing welcome to country, but uh, all of the jerseys, but it goes far deeper to that than that. And uh, inviting onto the show to have a bit of a chat about Indigenous Round, we have Wendell Saylor. Big Dal, how are you, mate? Yeah, guys, hey, yeah, my very, yeah, my very special round, and you're right, it's... Uh, you know, rugby league is always doing great things, but I just think now we're going over and above and understanding what it means to you know to people, to culture, and and everyone's embracing it now. Like I'm not saying everyone's embracing. It, I shouldn't say that, but I just mean like I think we get it. It's just more than you know Torres Strait Island or uh, you know first people, the indigenous people. Um, you know the players too now. They've really sort of gone back to their roots and understand where their uh, the elders come from and where their ancestry is. Del, the motto this year is pass back, move forward. I love that sentiment there. Uh, what are the special moments that we can, I guess, look forward to in this round? Yeah, I just think, you know, look, if you have a look at the smoking uh, ceremonies, you know, at the start, and then I think, I think the respect that, um, you know, all the players and I think the crowd too, what they, they show, and, and it all tells a story. Even the Indigenous All-Stars, you know, I suppose that was big for me too because, you know, you understood that when the elders you know, spoke to you, I think we had Yvonne Cooley-Gulagong come in at different stages and that, and you understand that the people that have gone before that, I don't know if people know this, but my uncle was Eddie Marbo. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, so my mum's, my auntie Netta married uncle, uh, you know, uh, yeah, my uh, uncle Eddie and um, yeah, auntie Nettie Marbo was my mum's sister. So I grew up, you know, watching him go through what he went through with the, the, uh, the Marbo law and all that sort of stuff, or Marianne and all that. But And I saw the pressure of that. And just to see how far we've come now uh, as society uh, makes me really proud. But even, even for our next... Uh, stream of Indigenous kids, you know, it's, you know, when, when you talk about Indigenous kids, it's, for me, when I talk to Indigenous kids um, in general and kids in general, it's not just being the best athletes. I, if they want to be the best doctors and nurses and, you know, pilots, that's what I, I try and say, because I think when I was growing up, with the Indigenous kids, all, all people tell you is how good of an athlete you were, and that's all they'd say to you, so that's, you pigeonhole yourself into thinking that's all you were. Yeah, well, that's a that's a point that that hadn't even crossed my mind. And mate, yeah. you would have been uh, you would have been at a time when you've seen a lot of growth over the years from when you were playing football oh. to Indigenous Round today. Um, what do you think's been the, the the biggest change over that time? I think the the, the acceptance of, of um, just the culture and obviously the Indigenous um, sort of the ways of, of, of the elders and 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 um, you know the the people. 
and the culture that comes through rugby league. Because, you know, coming through, when I came through, Artie Beetson was a guy that I met when I was 16. Artie Beetson, of all people. And when I went through my uh, adversity for those two years, Artie Beetson and Gene Miles, two legends of rugby league, they got me back. They said, listen, you've made a mistake. But to, to sh- Artie Beetson, to take me to places like up the Torres Strait Islands, to Mornington Island, um, you know, to show these young kids about, you know, what you can do when you make mistakes, how you come back from that. I think that sort of, um, that humbled me a fair bit. And I know it's hard to humble me, of all people, but I think it, it does because that's what it means so much to me. And that's why even tonight when I call the game tonight, mate, I always have a tear in my eye because I know what my mum and dad did for me um, as a youngster. But also, I, I know the, the waves of where it's going now. You know, the AFL, they've had their, their, their round as well. And then, you know, obviously, you have Triple M were big supporters of the AFL. But for rugby league, this is something that's so close to my heart and this is something that I'm so passionate about. And this is why I jump on a plane. You know, I go to Mount Isa, um, I go to Moree, um, talk to the, the Indigenous kids about what they can be and what they can do. And if you make mistakes, what you can do, um, you know, coming back from those mistakes, you know, you don't have to sort of be hard on yourself for the rest of your life because, um, you know, life's about making mistakes, and but then it's about, mate, resurrecting yourself. I love how there's so many exciting changes. What more would you love to see, Del, uh, with this introduction of the Indigenous round and continuing on into years to come? Well, oh, look, I, I think I think they're on the right track now. I think they're on the right track, but I just, I just think the next generation of kids uh, may really be hands-on. You know, the more kids we get involved, the more that we can change. And also, you know, one thing that we do do, I know I shouldn't say it around this time, but, you know, even racism in sport, I mean, this is not the time to talk about racism, but, but we, you know, we celebrate, you know, the Polynesian culture and the Indigenous culture and stuff, but I, I think we've got to be stronger on the racism stance. If we're stronger on that, you know, that's that's a change we need to make all over the world. Mm. And uh, we, while Indigenous Round is proof in the pudding that we are working uh, in the right direction, and I'd yep. love to see the the willingness to learn and the willingness to to tr- to understand further uh, from the wide Australian community. Look forward to what's going to be an exceptional round, Indigenous Round 2022. Wendell Saylor, you're a legend. Thanks for your time, mate. Thanks, guys. Love your work, and I love coming to Bundy. It's such a great place, and it's like one of my favourite places to come. Yeah, well, we'll look forward to seeing you here next time, hey, mate. Thanks, mate. Tell Scott Mackey to get my bed ready. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And he's DJ Dex. That's it for now. Catch JB and Jules weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. on Triple M Bundy or subscribe here to get all the best bits.